Welcome to the Terrible Outdoorsman Podcast. Got Ryan Cowan, your host here. We have a very uh, special edition we're doing here um, on location um, with the, the boys at Fishing Complete Inc. So some guys that we've kind of partnered up with for the fishing show. We're going to join them in their booth. Super excited for that. Um, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah. Hey, so you're welcome. We'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll do a quick roundtable. Dan is here with us. He's not on mic. He's kind of running the sound for us. Dan, talking to the mic. Hi, guys. <laughs> hey, Dan. <laughs> Um, all right, so Tom, let's go round table. All righty, what do you want me to be around? <laughs> no, my name's Tom Taylor. Um, we'll go around. Yeah, well, you guys we'll... introduce yourself. All right, I'm uh Danny Irvin, I'm one of the pro staff members here at Fishing Complete. This is uh Greg Cullen, I'm partner slash jack of all trades, do here. a lot of different things around here. Very cool. Very cool. Jack, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So, uh, so, so, Tom, tell, I guess tell everybody about Fishing Complete Inc. What are they? What's, what's the company? What's the, where's, where's the history? I know we, we kind of spent hours with you and we learned about it, but tell the listeners about the, how you got started. Well, Fishing Complete really started back around 2001. Um, really stemmed from the idea that I needed extra money to go fishing. <laughs> Nice. So I thought I'd sell a few things just to give myself a little bit more gas money. Um, and it kind of grew from that. Um, my first partner, him and I went till about 2014, I believe. And that's when Greg and, and Dennis, they purchased his half and came on board. And that's when we finally settled down and came into a, a halfway decent looking building. Yeah. Uh, prior to that, we were in garages and yeah. storage units. Storage units, yeah. and yeah, it was kind of a mess back then, but it was still fun. Hey, you do what you got to do, right? That's right. Yeah. Very cool. So, how long you been here, Greg? Oh, with the company about six years, but I've known Tom for a long time. We've fished together in tournaments and yeah. different things, but. Uh, it's been very good. We've had a good time. Yeah, it's it's, it's fun work, and yeah, we really enjoy doing it. It's not it. really work when you're having right. fun, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, has it always been Fishing Complete Inc., or did you have a different name when you first started? Well, originally it was Fishing Complete LLC. Yeah. Um, and because of all those insurance people and yeah. lawyers and. <laughs> Stupid people like that. They make you do things <laughs> yep. that you don't want to do, but you got to do. So, yeah, it turned into an ink ink nice. um, after Dennis and I got together. Okay. All right. Very cool. Um, so tell us a story about how you started the the Wacky Tool is kind of what you guys are known for. It's what yes. you're famous for. So yes. anybody who fishes bass, you, you know the Wacky Rig, you know the Wacky Tool. And there's yes. no way in hell you're fishing at Wacky Style without that tool. Well, I guess you can just put the hook through the through the worm, but then you're just eating up worms left and right. So, oh, yeah. so tell us the story about how how that all started because it was really fascinating to me when you told us. You know, I think it was right back around 2004, 2005. 
Dennis and I, Greg's dad, uh, we've known each other for 50 years. But him and I was out fishing, and uh, he had bought this tool from a company out east, and he was showing it to me, and I kind of took an interest in it. And he knew I was a wacky style type of person, so he bought me one. And after me playing with it and looking at it, I thought, you know, this may be something that I could sell. Yeah. I called the gentleman. He didn't want to get involved with selling any more than what he was doing. I tried encouraging him, and I told him I thought he could make some money. And now nah, he didn't want anything to do with it. He said, but if you'd like to try it, let me know how things go. Yeah. So that's kind of what pushed me. And I started looking around for manufacturers to help make this tube that everybody sees. Could not find anybody to do it. But um, my wife walked in one day, and she thought she was going to have the answer for everything for me, which she usually does anyway. That's um, most wise, right? <laughs> yes. God bless them. Man. Like they say, behind every man's a good woman. Yep, yep. But she was a knitter, crocheter, and she brought out this box of knitting needles, and the rest was history. Yep. <laughs> I took one look at her so-called knitting needles, and I put Greg and his dad to work making wacky tools for me. <laughs> um, we tried at first just selling them on eBay. Went great. Yep. Um, then I ran into or I actually met... Um, Stacy King on the Detroit River, he was fishing a tournament, and he seen what I was doing, and we went fishing one day, and he seen me using it, and what in the hell is that? <laughs> so I showed it to him, and he said, would you like me to take this back to Bass Pro Shops? And I thought about it, and I said, yeah, sure. You sure you want me to do that? Because they're going to put your ass to work. Yeah. Boy, they sure did. Yeah. So. <laughs> so Fun what, times. So what was that initial order from Bass Pro? What was that like? I think it was like 600 pieces. Yeah. And they told me that that's would a, that's probably. a lot of knitting needles. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, he told me that would probably last a year. The, you know, the first yeah. order was 600. Yeah. That was in January. Well, in February, they did the same thing. Jeez. And. It got to the point where they were buying between ten and fifteen thousand a year, and well, then we all know what happened. Everybody and their brother decided to make them. Yep. Yep. Well, you got to have it, right? Got to have it. Got to have it. You want to save those plastic worms that now cost what nine dollars a bag? Oh, it's it's nuts. Yeah, it's like nine ninety nine a bag. Of yeah. The Gary Yamamoto's at least. But yeah. 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 Now. Um, well, that, that's just such a cool story, the, the knitting needles that started yeah. a fishing lure, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure a lot of people didn't expect that, but... Well, no. You know, I've no. tried hiding it for years, but why? Yeah. Why hide it? Why hide it? How's it going, Dennis? Got another, another guest walking in. <laughs> um, that's cool. So, yeah, those Gary Yamamoto's baits are like $10 a pop. Yep. I mean, and you still break them off even when you're when you're using the the wacky ring but i mean i back when i before i even knew about the tool like you just put the hook through there like you catch one fish and it's gone yeah yeah 
that's that's funny. Yeah, this way you could catch six, seven, eight, right? More. Yeah, yeah. So, Dan, you're on the pro staff, right? Yeah. So you got to use this tool a lot, right? I, I got five or six of them on yep. me all times, <laughs> all the time, right? In all the back pocket, each pocket. Yeah. So, kind of, uh, I guess, let's go into a little backstory of of you um, being on the pro staff team. Um, let's see. It uh, it goes back. I think I've been on pro staff with Tom probably going on eleven years now. Oh. Um, he uh, approached me one day with a wacky tool where uh, we were fishing a tournament together, and uh, after that, uh, he gave me one. We tried it; it worked out great. Uh, I think it was probably I don't know four or five months later during one of the fishing shows. Uh, Jerry, our pro staff manager, uh, approached me, asked me if I wanted to be on pro staff with this uh, organization, and you know what? It was. Uh, I thought about it real quick. Agreed to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, looking with case plastic zipper worms, you know, I feel like it could be a, a household name just like Straight King or anything else. Yeah. We build top quality baits. I use them myself. I catch a lot of fish on these baits. Yeah. I got tremendous belief and confidence in them. Check awesome. his Facebook page out. Yeah. 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 I, this last summer, even offshore, I, I'm just pulling in monsters that really? everybody's like, where are you catching those at? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Now, you guys have a wacky um, through case plastics, right? One of your models is, is is it the magic stick, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, the magic stick is what we refer to the stick bait. Stick bait. But we actually designed uh, a worm that's called the wacky jack. Okay. And that was specifically designed for wacky style fishing. And it's unlike anything anybody else makes until this point. Who knows? But... Um, that's what I use a lot. And so what's the difference between that and then just a normal stick bait? Well, the Wacky Jack actually goes to a point on both edges, both sides. Okay. And I know people won't understand this till they actually try it, but it actually drops quicker through the water column than a regular stick mm-hmm. bait, which falls a lot slower. Mm-hmm. And... In certain instances, when you're trying to get down there through all the garbage fish yep. or the smaller fish, yep. you want to get down there quicker, and yep. that's when I go to this bait. So. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, we talked about it last night, actually, on a, a previous episode, the one that we just we just aired, about how, like, there's certain times where, like, it's great that the just that wacky style, it just sinks so slow, but there's times where you want to get down mm-hmm. a little bit faster. Yep. And um, yeah, I've tried, like, the, the wacky jig heads. And they just like they sink almost too fast. Yeah. So that's kind of like in the, in the middle bait. So very cool. So Dan, have you fished? Do you just fish like local tournaments or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Furthest I've been down's uh, Kentucky Lake. I've done really well down there. Okay. I did live in uh, Tennessee for a while, right in between Douglas and Cherokee Lake. So I got uh, quite a bit of time on both of those. But yeah, most of my uh, tournament fishing has been up here, uh, Kent Lake, Whitmore Lake. Um, I spent a lot of time at Whitmore Lake. Yeah, I grew up five minutes away from it. So okay, fishing used for me used to be really good. In the last five years, it's been been pretty rough. See, so, I think uh, it's been getting better as time really? goes on. <laughs> Absolutely, that just shows someone who fishes professionally and someone who doesn't fish a terrible outdoorsman. <laughs> <laughs> That's a difference, right? Um, I fish for a lot of pike, though, probably more than anything. So bass is new to me. I've gotten into it the last probably five years or so. Maybe a little bit longer. I've had like the wacky rigs and stuff, but just Texas rigs and Carolina rigs, that's that's a little bit newer to me. So I actually got Dan introduced into the wacky rig. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. A year before. He didn't, he didn't even know what the hell I was fishing with. 
and uh, put one on for him, and it was like first cast. He caught really nice bass. <laughs> exactly. And you can fish it anywhere. Yeah. Under docks and it's grass. The, it's the easiest way to fish. Anybody who says like For kids. Go, for, oh, yeah. Yeah, anybody. Yeah. I use the, the weedless hooks, too. I think it's mm-hmm. – uh, I think Berkeley maybe makes them. It's got like a little plastic wire that goes under the hook, mm-hmm. but you can cast them anywhere. Thickest stuff, throw it right next to timber and just oh yeah, twitch it a little bit. It's just – yeah, it's awesome. But. So, Greg, let's get, yeah. let's get into you. A okay. little history. <laughs> so I know you've been here for six years, but <clears> – <throat> I guess what do you what do you do for fun? Do you fish? I know you fish. You guys fish together. Oh yeah, me and my dad have fished a lot together, tournaments and teams, and I've fished some MLF and B Bass Masters and on the amateur side. Nice. Yeah. So been to Tennessee, Alabama, Minnesota, fishing some tournaments. Nice. So yeah, it's fun. Where's your favorite area to fish? Well, if I tell you, everybody will go there. Now. Right? <laughs> Where's your secret spot? St. <laughs> Clair. Yeah, I like St. Clair, but Inland Lakes, My one of my favorites is Middle Straits. Middle Straits, okay. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Like, got yeah. a lot of smallmouth, largemouth, big pike in there. Nice. Yeah. Do you prefer the smaller lakes or a lake like St. Clair? I prefer the smaller lakes. Yeah. 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 I can judge them better, read them better. Yeah, St. Clair is a beast. It um, is. I mean, it's it's a whole different animal. You're oh, fishing yeah. like a 100-yard wheat flat mm-hmm. as opposed to, you they, know, just shore busting and fishing right. structure. They could move one day from the next. I mean, yep. might find them one day and not the next. You yeah, that's a, that's the trick with St. Clair is you got to yeah. find the fish. You don't necessarily find the structure. You right. find the fish. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wherever that school moves. So. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So, so Tom, you've uh, created a new product for yeah. the for the Owacky tool. So we'll talk about that a little bit. That just launched this month, right? That's newer, right? Um, when you're you talking about that? the pintail? Well, you want, we can talk about that. I was talking about the, the kit, the, the starter the kit. kit. Oh, the starter kit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I think it was about two months ago we first got it together. Um, we'd been working on it. Um, Dennis and I had been talking about it for a number of years. Um, we come out with it, like I said, about two months ago, I guess it was. Uh, it's just getting started. We'll be really introducing it at uh, the Ultimate Fishing Show. Um, I think we put it in one store, and it was a success there. Yeah. Um, I just look to have a very good future with the kit. Um, it's going to help people learn how to wacky style fish yep. it's going to introduce people to wacky style fishing because that's the one thing that we do hear a lot in shows what the hell is wacky style fishing to this day people still come up and ask us what is it yep um what the hell is a wacky tool yeah i get that asked so much yeah so <laughs> yeah it it's going to be fun yeah. uh come and see us January 12th through the 15th, we'll introduce you to it. We'll help you. We'll guide you through it. Yep. Demonstrate to me, there's it. nothing better, nothing easier, nothing more fun. Yeah, there's really no easier way to bass fish, honestly. No, definitely I mean, not. It's just, you, just, you can't get easier than that. So, um, so yeah, you guys are going to be at the fishing show at booth, is it booth 2903? 2902. 2902? Yeah. We're going to be Look there. for the big booth. <laughs> Yeah. Mission complete. You'll see the terrible outdoorsman boys there. Look for us. We'll be there too. 
Um, but um, yeah, so that that kit, the packaging is really cool. Yeah. So it comes with the the wacky tool with the O rings. It comes with some stick baits, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, those your own stick baits, the case plastics, right? Yes. Yes. Is that the wacky jack, or is that just your regular basic? Stick uh, bait? There's a wacky jack in there. Um, there's big magic sticks. There's regular magic sticks. Um, there's a couple of laminates. Um, the tricolor or mm-hmm. the dual color baits. Yep. Uh, we've got hooks in there. Everything you need to do yep. uh, wacky style fishing is there for everything you. but the fishing pole and the fishing line. Well, yeah, we can't supply everything. <laughs> but, yeah, it is a cool cool kit. And then even on, I think it was on the backside I saw, it's got, it literally tells you everything mm-hmm. that, if you want to replace it. Yes. If you need extra O-rings, if you need extra hooks, and you can find all that on the site, right? Yes. Fishingcompleteinc.com. Yep. Right? Very cool. Mm-hmm. So, and we'll link all that in the description of, of this podcast. So you can, and actually Dan just put your guys' link to your website on our website. So if you go to the terribleoutdoorsman.com, um, you can get right to the guys' website website so cool and you can even go buy your tickets right on our website for the show there's a link to take you right to the page to buy your tickets to the fishing show oh awesome so yeah that's a good idea dan's got us hooked up so just click of a button you can buy your tickets you can buy your lures um but yeah it's it's a cool concept for somebody who's new to it you literally tell them the hook size you tell them the o-ring size tell you got everything laid out for them um and you can go right to your website and order it so yep there's even instructions on the back too yeah how to fish it yeah yeah yeah, fishing for dum dums. Didn't you say you just, you just got a book, Dan? Right? Yeah. You just got a book. book. His I wife bought him a yeah. like a fishing knots for dum dums or something. <laughs> Does it work? Sorry. Yeah, it'll be a quick quick answer here for you. Yeah, that's cool. That's a great idea, though. Great, great premise. So yeah, and then. Um, so we can get into the pintails. Pintails is a new bait you're doing, right? Yes. Um, panfish, which these are, that's these right here? Yes. Such a cool bait. We developed this <laughs> originally. Um, we developed a six-and-a-half-inch one. or We've got three sizes now. But the first one we developed, Dennis and I, Dennis and I um, we liked it uh, for, like, weedless and Texas mm-hmm. rigging. But I'm a drop drop shot fisherman mm-hmm. as well as a wacky style fisherman. So we thought we'd come up with something a little bit smaller for drop shotting. And we just kept on going. Um, this is our newest, which just came out this week. Yep. And this is on your site now? This is on our site now. Yep. So what is this, like a like a two-inch pintail? Or yeah. Like a pan, what's, what's it called, like a panfish? Baby pintail. Baby pintail? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and don't have, let the size fool you, because I will be using it for bass. Fishing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But so do you? You have a bigger size, like a six yes. inch size, right? Yep. I'm a musky fisherman, so the bigger the bait, the better, <laughs> right? The bigger the bait, the bigger the fish, right? That's right. So they say that is definitely not the case. The no. bigger, it's just the more you cast, and you don't catch shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's what do they musky call that? Fishing. The fish of 10,000? 10,000 casts. Well, I think I'm at about 30,000 right now. (laughs) So I'm a little overdue for a couple. But, (laughs) yeah. But that's cool. That's, um, yeah, your guys' plastics, from what I've seen, um, are phenomenal. So I'm excited to use them this summer. Um, And even, I'll probably use this on the ice. Oh, yes. That's that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. It'd be good through the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, 
So, Greg, something I wanted you to talk about was the pick and pack thing that you guys have set up. Oh, yeah. So kind of tell everybody about that because I know you – I kind of left here not knowing exactly what you were talking about, and I feel like it's something really cool to listeners, especially you said kids are really into it. Um, Oh, yeah. Kind of talk about that, what you guys will have set up at the fishing show. Sure. We got a table that we put a bunch of, oh, miscolored lures, you know, different things that we normally don't sell on our website that we got or off-color in between shoots, you know, that don't Mm -hmm. exactly match what we want to put on our shelves and uh, put them all into one table, give them a bag. Whoever wants to pay a buck can fill the whole bag up and uh, take a whole mess of lures home. For a buck? Yeah, for a buck. Oh, the kids love it. Yeah, it's a hit. Mm. People come back just to go through the pick and pack table. Yeah, every really. Mm-hmm. I mean, we started it originally for the kids. Yeah. yeah. But the adults, they just. It's yeah. it's fun working the pick and pack table because everybody just has a good time going through there, messing yeah. around. And, and it's all just like misprints or, yeah. you know. Yeah. But they're, they're good lures, but they're, oh, yeah. you know. I mean, not, you know, the bass are going to care if, right. that, if that paints off a little bit, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> well, they are colorblind, so we've been told. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually read a bunch of articles about musky, talking musky fishing at least, and they said the best colors are black and white and all the other colors. And like, because in musky, the musky world, like you don't necessarily want to just, you want to, you don't want it, you want it to stand out from the bait contrast. fish. Contrast. Yeah, whatever. you want it to contrast yeah. against the, the bait fish mm-hmm. that it's in. So if you have it look identical to the fish, it doesn't stand out, you know. So I never really, never really thought about that. But so, yeah, I'm, I'll be getting some misprints. Mm-hmm. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. We'll be there. I might run the table. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, we plan on putting you to work, so that's you're going to be in Let's our go. booth. Let's go. <laughs> My kids Let's have go. a good time running that table when they're there. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. We're mm-hmm. excited to be there, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, do we want to get Dennis in here? we got to hear, hear some stories from Dennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most yeah. definitely. <laughs> Come on in. So Dennis is another partner, right? Yes. Yeah, he's my dad. Okay. We're 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 partners too. Partners in life. Yeah. You had to, you had to deal with him all all your life. Bad shoulders. <laughs> you don't have to put it on if you don't want. There you go. <laughs> Here I am. I'm all ready. We can hear you now. How's it going, Dennis? <laughs> it's going okay. I had a little problems at home that I had to take care of. That's so all right. That's all right. Mm-hmm. That's why we record this, and we're the terrible outdoorsmen, right? We're not on time. <laughs> so Don't ask um, me about hunting up north, uh, being on time. Yeah. Out in the woods. Yep. Always. You just don't get up to go. <laughs> hey, I'm just as bad. I'm a night hunter. Yeah. Just I like I like sleeping in the morning. So, mm-hmm. so Dennis, we went round table and kind of everybody introduced themselves. So tell us about you. Well, I uh, started fishing many many years ago. I'm 80 years old to begin with. So I started fishing. Oh, me and my buddy, we'd go up that Carroll River up the Cass River. We go fish for pike. We'd get out there in the morning. We drive 100 miles in a day and go up there and fish all day and come home at night Very nice. for the pike. 
That's it's kind of when I started my fishing and then uh, hunting, same thing. So you've got some thing. experience, you're saying. <laughs> well, yeah, I've been to Wyoming eight times, been up to Canada bear hunting, moose hunting. I have got a little experience on it and something I enjoy doing. But uh, right now it's at a point where I'm about ready to be done with hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I had a real good run. You're not done fishing though, right? Well, borderline. No, no he's not done fishing. <laughs> I'm going to get him out next year. Well, I got bad shoulders. I just got shoulders and knees. I got two shots of my knees this morning. Yeah. And I was at physical therapy this morning for my shoulders. So. Yeah, it makes it makes it tough when the, those are two key components when it comes to fishing. <laughs> yes, very much. Yeah, but they're yeah. going to try to get me out. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, very cool. So, how yeah. long you been affiliated with these guys? Well, Tom and I have been uh, known each other for many, many years. We started fishing way back in the seventies in tournaments, and that uh, was Semba Southeastern Michigan Bass. It was one of the largest clubs in Michigan at the time. Nothing to have anywhere from 80 to 100 boats at a tournament, and uh, just a club tournament. And yes. uh, we'd travel around, uh, around Michigan and Canada, and, oh, well, that was about it right there. And then I just yeah. kept going on and on and on. Hmm. Very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. But you've been, uh, you've been partnered up with Tom for since almost the beginning, right? No. Uh, him and I have been partners. I've been fishing the baits for since the beginning, just about yeah. and uh, everything. But Tom, one day uh, we were talking. His partner, ex partner, now was having some health problems, and he needed, wanted to know if I wanted to, uh, to get into it. And so I did, and it's the best thing I've done for an yeah. old retired man. It gives yeah. me something to do. <laughs> there you go. There you uh, go. We got your desk right here. <laughs> yep, I'm all set. I come up here and I enjoy the hell out of myself. There you go. Just uh, putzing around, <laughs> doing things, and. Packing worms and baits yep. and making wacky tools and whatever to, I can do. To work in the fishing industry. Even on this side of it would be. That's just a dream. You know? <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah. And I'm sure there's days where you're like just, you know, you there's probably some, hate it, right? But some no. Days, some, no. Some days no. I just come up here and sit, but I don't hate it. <laughs> I, I always say that. Well. Like, I love to be a professional fisherman, but I feel like I don't think I could ever get sick of it. But, like, you look at these professional golfers and they, they – they probably just hate their life. Like they got to golf like eight, eighteen, thirty-six holes every single day. That's, That's all they crazy. do. But well, it's nice come on, you hit a little white ball around. What I know, right? Hell? That's why I say like <laughs> you got nothing to bitch about, right? But you don't have to go do your nine to five, do your fifty hours. And, it's nice when you get that paycheck from them, though. Oh yeah. Well, if you're any good, <laughs> yeah. Huh? That's why I don't play in the professional golf tour. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy golfing, but I also enjoy drinking while golfing. And <laughs> Yeah. That's what makes it fun. Though, so I can you can put a fishing rows. pole in your golf bag, too. There you go. Yeah. They make that. I saw yeah. that. They make, like, a, a compact thing that goes right into your uh, uh, golf bag, and then you put the reel on, and you can fish all these ponds. Yeah. My brother does that. Yeah. He, you know, yeah, he golfs, and then he, uh, he's he got his little rod in there, one of them popio fishermen or yeah. whatever. He's caught some bass out of them blue ponds on the golf course. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, the golf owners, they don't really like that no, either. No, they don't, but he don't <laughs> care. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Well, that's awesome. Um, well, now that we've kind of what, – what is this we thing anyways? we got to talk about this. That is a Zipzilla. Zipzilla. 13 inches of solid plastic and fun. So I'm, I'm holding a, like a, pla- a plastic – Worm, um, 13 inches. I guess they, they heard I like to fish for musky, and they brought this monster out. Yep. Man, that thing is just You should so see flexible. that thing going through the water. Oh, I, I'm it's looking. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's ribbed. Yeah. 
we got to take a picture of that and put it on our social media page yeah. so they know what the hell I'm talking about. There's Man, a I'm like, funny story behind I'm, that. We, uh, you had that these, right? the, these are on the site? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we had that at one of the shows. and Place my order. And uh, one of our pro staff put it on one of the rods and threw it in a hog trough. And the fish went absolutely bananas over that thing. The way it was coming through the water. Yeah. The, and like on the first drop, I, I think four or five bass hit it. They just couldn't and get were, to the hook because it was so damn big. Well, they would hit it by the head, and it would ball up in yeah. their mouth. Just a little piece of the tail would stick yeah. out. And you need a big uh, stinger hook on that. Exactly. <laughs> that's what we're just, Dan, what you going to use this thing on the... I'll turn? use it. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome. That we'll, uh, we'll produce a fish big enough for that. Yeah. We do sell them. I mean, yeah. most of the customers are... Texas, whatever, California, yeah. but... Yeah, in Texas know. and Florida, that's probably not even a big bait for those 10-plus-pound bass. There's I mean, been uh, grouper caught on those, too. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Ocean, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. I got to stop playing with fishing lures. <laughs> I'm going to walk through the factory. You can have that one. You can... <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, anything else you guys want to talk about besides fishing show and... And we talked about some new baits. We could talk about the starter kit. I want to get into some terrible stories, but anything else you guys want to cover first? <laughs> I, let's go for it. Let's go for it. <laughs> All right. Tom's ready to go. Um, so premise of our store, or our, our show is terrible outdoorsmen. We all have terrible stories. Stupid shit happens when we're on the lake or when we're in the woods. <laughs> so I warned you guys ahead of time. So um, hopefully you guys have kind of prepared a good story. I know Greg's got one. I've heard it heard pieces of it at least so um so let's hear some terrible stories from the fishing complete guys well you know, would you like me to start um it's you may want to finish with that story okay. you're going to tell all right it might be the icing on the cake <laughs> right that's a good point to, exactly everybody's going to sign off after that one <laughs> icing on the cake my uh very first bass boat i had was one of the original bass trackers mm-hmm Back in the 70s. The small flat-bottom ones? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little 40-horse Merc on the back. I was out fishing up in Alpena area uh, with a group of guys. We went up there for the weekend and drinking beer, fishing, drinking beer. We were out one afternoon, and things caught up to me. And I knew I had to get back in. So I started up the boat, and I started heading in. And about halfway there, I thought, oh, Going to have to stop. Ain't going to make it. Now, these boats did not have trim, mm. so you couldn't lift up your motor. But I still headed into shore. I got so far, and the boat just stopped, right? I, I ran aground. So I thought I'd better jump right now so I can get up on shore and do my duty. I jumped out. I sunk in mud all the way up to my waist. Scared the shit out of me, and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Always around. <Stupid>. Always. <laughs> Every terrible story is about shit. That's yeah. why they wanted me to go last. <laughs> <laughs> now, his is bad. His is so, real so, bad. So, hold on. Before we get there, so you're standing up to your, up to your waist in mud <laughs> and shit, and you had to shit. What'd you do? Um, I had to get pulled out. <laughs> Because I was stuck. I mean, I was stuck in mud. Well, and I had mud in my shorts, too. But, yeah, it was it was terrible. Oh, Jesus. That's terrible. Yeah. Very terrible. terrible. Oh, my God. 
That's that's a true terrible story. There. They get better <laughs> as we do these, and we have more guests on that tell these stories. Like the stories just get better. I think like when we had Garrett on. I thought that nothing's going to beat Garrett. That was awesome. And then story. Amber gets on, and she beats that story. And then you just top that story. Dennis, uh-huh. you got anything? I don't have nothing like that. Eighty years, you got no, <laughs> not that. Nothing. It doesn't. We, we can please go away from the shit stories. <laughs> please. Well, no, I've got a lot of stories, but some are old. One was bear hunting when I was up bear hunting in Canada. Me and my brother-in-law, we were sitting in the same blind. He got tired of sitting where he was at, so we're over there and. Well, we're just looking out, and I see a bear head, a head pop out of the brush. It was looked like a, it went down, and it made a circle. And my brother-in-law couldn't see the bear. And I'm telling him, hey, there it is. And then it went back into the woods. I said, it's gone. And then it's come, the head and the front shoulder come out. And uh, I said, uh-oh, there he comes. So he went back in. I said, he's gone. Third time he come out walking. And I made a nice shot on him. I hit him in the spine. But we walked up down to him, and I get about 40 feet from him, and he rears up on his hind legs, or his front legs, and he starts growling at me. Well, I, I hit him through the spine. I put him down there, and then I had to shoot him once more through the throat. Oh, jeez. And that was almost a cleaning-out story, just like that, Tom. It, yeah. Because when that thing got away, it weighed over 400 pounds in the spring. Wow. It was a giant bear, yeah. biggest one ever taken out of that camp. Wow. Yeah, I've said for, for years now, bear hunting's on my list. I've been applying for a bear tag, yeah. but that's what you worry about is something like that. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it just laid there until we got about 40 feet, and then it yeah. decided to stand, you know, rear up on its front yeah. paws. They let out a roar, yeah. and I said, uh-oh. And I had that 30-odd six, went boom, and he went down. Yeah. And that was it. That when you when you hear that that roar, what are you thinking? What's running through your head? Uh, shoot, <laughs> <laughs> shoot, <laughs> running down your spine. Oh, yeah, man, just chills. Yeah. And then I was again hunting up in Canada again for moose. We were moose hunting. There was uh, we went up there the end of October, right right around just before Halloween. And uh, we were we had to bust ice every morning so we could get the boat out. It was about a oh, half three quarters inch of ice, so we had steel boats. We just go out and start banging on it, and so we could get out into the main lake. And then, so the airplane could land too. When yeah, they, mm-hmm. when they come uh, to pick you we up, we were the last ones out. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, one day, me and my buddy, him and I, we've hunted together since the sixties. He's an old timer. So we uh, took off across, and we went over to a new spot. Even the guy that owned the place, he'd never been there. So we just went traipsing off, him and I. We're going oh, about an hour, hour and a half, and I hear a shot. That's my buddy Jim shooting at something. I said, what was that? He said, I missed. It's a bull. So, and he said, it's in the creek. Well, I shot in the creek. I seen it coming out. But it turned out to be a cow, which was legal. We had our, our permits covered a cow moose. We did. When you pay $600 for a license, you're, yeah. uh, you're looking for some meat. Right, right. And it landed on a hill. Well, it went down on a hill on the bank. Well, it went down right away because I hit him, hit her good. And we had to clean that thing out on a, you know, incline of about a 20, 25-degree incline. Jeez. And it was facing the wrong way. So we had to pull everything out, and you talk about a job. Oh, God. And we we just got it cleaned out at night. We headed back to camp. We just took the liver with us. And uh, 
we get back there, we're going back to camp. It was dark, only dark. We'd never been here. We were lucky we found the boat. Yeah. Found the boat, got back. They were all out on the dock with lights and everything and hollering and everything. So we come up there, and we had blood all over us. It looked like yeah. we got in a war. <laughs> because these things are big. Yeah. And uh, it took uh, the next day, all of us went back. We took a chainsaw with us. We cut it up into pieces with a chainsaw. We carried it back to one spot, and we picked it up the second day. It was a it was a big it was a nice. chore if you ever shoot a moose. That's on my list. I've said it for weeks now. It's on my bucket list. Is a yeah. Canadian moose. moose They're good eating. Oh, it's yeah, tremendous so, eating. Yep, uh-huh. yep, that's my bucket list trip yep. right there. So, well, that's my bad good stories and bad yeah. stories. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> hey, it's finally a change of pace, right? <laughs> Greg, bring us right back into it. Well, I guess I got a poop story for everybody. <laughs> Hell, Dan's got a better story. <laughs> <laughs> well, me and my buddy were up north steelhead fishing along the Alsalba River, probably January, February, and it was real cold. We couldn't wait to get back to the cabin. And we had some nice steaks for that night we were going to cook. And A little while later, I didn't start feeling that good, so I'm sitting there all night, and I'm on, oh, boy, and running back and forth to the bathroom. Finally, about 3 o'clock, I... Thought it would be okay to fight fart, but didn't didn't work out that way. So <laughs> I ended up, you know, I, I go, oh man, three o'clock in the morning. I just got cleaned up, and I we had a little screen porch on the cabin, and I said I'm gonna just gonna toss them out in the screen porch because I didn't feel like walking a couple hundred yards to the dumpster. So we woke up the next morning. My buddy goes to put his boots on, and he goes, "What the hell's in my boot?" And he's sitting there putting his foot, you know, in there. Something's in my boot. So he pulled, goes, looks, and he pulls out my underwear out of his boot. It landed right in his boot, middle of the dark. Middle of the dark, I couldn't have made a better shot if I tried. (laughs) And he got so pissed at me, and then he threw his boots away. And all the way home, he was mad at me, and I was laughing all the way home. (laughs) So that's my best story, or my terrible story. I don't know what you... Yeah, do you call it the best terrible story? <laughs> oh, man, I feel bad for the guy who put his foot in that boot. I know. They were a good pair of Rocky Mountains, too. He just oh, got them. God. Yeah. So the moral story, don't go hunting with Greg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you might wake up or if you do, check your boots. <laughs> right. You might check wake up boots. with shit in your boots. <laughs> yeah. Got some shitty boots. Oh, my God. Dan, you got oh, something better than that? Man, that, yeah. Mine won't go around poop. Thank we'll, we'll, God. We'll, we'll get a, a good, Hallelujah. bad fishing story. <laughs> there you go. So we were out on Lake St. Clair. It was a beautiful morning. Uh, we are out there fishing a tournament, and out of nowhere, a uh, storm popped up. That happens Wind, on St. Clair. Wind's blowing. Yeah. We were out in front of uh, Metro Beach, and we just had to make it back up to the uh, – ramp right there so we're going across and the waves are just getting bigger and bigger uh, my buddy uh we came up on this one wave and the boat went straight up and the wind pushed us back where the motor went into the back uh, actually dipped into the water luckily we got back up from that one going had another uh wave spearhead us flood the boat out by the time we got up to the metro park the lightning was so close you could actually watch it to dissipate next to you like it was crazy so we got back up there, let the storm pass, went right back out fishing again. That didn't stop us. Yeah. And then there was another time we are down on Kentucky Lake, 
and uh, we were fishing, and the storm started picking up really bad. And at one point on Kentucky Lake, there's not a whole lot of dock systems on there, but we found one where we held on to that with dear life. I think that was a time where there was like seven tornadoes or something down there all within a day. And then uh, the flooding was so bad during that week, they end up canceling the tournament because the ramps and everything on the lake raised like 20 feet overnight. Jesus. So, I mean, it bad times. You definitely want to pay close attention to the weather yeah. when you're out on the water because it can get real bad in a quick in a, hurry. In a hurry, especially St. Clair. I don't know what it is about St. Clair. It seems like you go out there and it's flat glass, and the farther I go out, all of a sudden that just – Something something happens and the waves pick up and it's real quick real out of quick. nowhere yeah yeah and when mm-hmm. it starts it's like I before I'd be like ah you can ride it out a little bit and then now I see it and I'm like nope I'm heading back to shore <laughs> I'm getting closer to the dock at least so oh, you know and the funny thing about that it was still clear blue skies and you could actually start hearing the top of your rod start buzzing yeah and it, you know, didn't think nothing of it and then bam storms yep. on top of you yep and by then it's too late yep. you're in it done oh jeez. Well, thank you for not doing a shit story. Right. Well, how did mine rate so far? Yours over, pretty good. Out of, I, I, out of all the stories. So, so oh, far. man, I don't know. I think yeah. it's up there. It's up there. Yeah. I don't know. His is pretty good, too. We'll have to ask the listeners. Well, we'll have to ask listeners. Yeah. Like, who's got the, the best terrible shit story? We should do a poll eventually. We should, yeah. Yeah, we're going to throw a poll out there with, with all the shit stories we've had. But, oh, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, before we wrap this up, Dan, I do have a question for you. Yes. Since you fish professionally in tournaments and stuff, so you probably know the story of the, the Lake Erie scandal, the walleye cheaters. Yes. We've talked about it a lot. We talked with Garrett um, about it a lot. and So I'd like to get your opinion on that whole thing and what your maybe what's your impact you think it's going to have on the fishing community. Because there's still, I, I don't believe they've, uh, I don't believe they've, uh, even sentence them yet, right? They've. Uh... I don't think that they have. Um, I think the whole whole scandal thing definitely a shame on those guys for trying to do something like that. I mean, right. uh, it definitely put a a bad look on fishing, especially yeah. the tournament wise. Because uh, I mean, a lot of people already complain about the tournaments, right? The, how we're taking up space on the water, how they can't go do their stuff, and then to to get national attention like yeah. that. I mean, it was on CNN, MSNBC, it, and it, it was, was all over. Everything. And, you know, it, a lot of people stopped me and asked me what I thought about it. I mean, shame on them for doing it. Um, it, it, it was a horrible thing to try doing it. I mean, yeah. everybody knows if you're going to cheat, you're going to get caught eventually. Yep. Yep. I mean, hands down to it. And it sounds like yeah. they did it all summer long. I mean, they kept winning, winning, winning. And greed obviously gets everybody at some yeah. point in time. Um, I think it, it may uh, shine more light on the tournaments itself. Like people are going to look at, wow, I can win money doing this. I can win that kind of money, this kind of boat. And maybe it might draw some more positive attention yeah. to it versus the negative. Yeah, that's that's my hope is that there's some positive long-term effects from this. But think about the director and the, the balls he had to have to make that call knowing what was going to happen. Like, And to, cut, and, and to have to, to cut their fish out open like uh, just it, you know you give kudos to him for for stepping up to do something like that yeah. i mean it, for those guys' safety I, I mean myself if i was to be at a place like that i'd be pissed yeah because yeah. i mean technically they're stealing money from everybody mm-hmm. else exactly yeah. so every I mean, hard working 
right? Exactly. Men that like I, to fish these tournaments. We e- spend a lot of money to do that. Yeah. Even if they get, if they don't end up getting charged with much, I'm, I imagine like it's going to ruin them. But yeah. think of the civil lawsuits they're going to get from all these other fishermen in these tournaments that didn't place. Yeah, you know because they cheated, um, and right. maybe they the second place guy that would have been first or the third place guy that would have been second. Like, true, but they then, lost then money. How did, true, how, how do you then, prove that? How do they prove right? That? Exactly. I don't but think it's, it's going to go anywhere. I think it's just going to be yep. more publicity than anything. Yep. yep. I got another uh, cheating story about uh, bass oh. fishing through on the oh. tournament. Okay. All right. This is many many years ago. We were fishing when I was fishing with Simba. We had uh, an open out on St. Clair, and uh, we come in for the weigh-in, and we weighed in, and then this one team, they weighed in a five fish, but then when you looked at them fish, you could see something was wrong. They were kept in a cage, and we yeah. even, there was even a DNR officer there that was fishing. He came and looked at them, just shook his head and said, cage fish. The noses were cut where they were banging into mm-hmm. the, the yeah. wire that was holding them, their fins, everything. You, you could tell there was no way yeah. that they were fresh-caught fish for right. a tournament. Right. They were disqualified. They were winning the tournament. They would have won the tournament. <laughs> they, they disqualified and booted yeah. them out, and that was the last time uh, they fished the tournament. That yeah. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible. But th- think of the, the gall these guys had to stuff weights down these down a, a fish's <laughs> mouth. Like, you're just, you got to be messed up in the head. Well, most fishermen can tell if it's... Four pounds or right. eight pounds. Right, yeah. And, that's what and the, if you got direct- one that looks four pounds that weighs eight pounds. That's what the director was saying. Yeah. He's like, I look at thousands right. of fish throughout the summer, yeah. and those looked like four-pound fish, and all of a sudden they hit the scale, and they're eight, nine pounds mm-hmm. each. There's no way. Right. No way. It's just that story's been fascinating me since it happened. Mm-hmm. We've talked I, We've talked about it a ton of times on the podcast. I, like, I definitely wanted to get your opinion on it. It's kind of the same Anybody that fishes professionally, they kind of have the same opinion on it, honestly. But right, um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but yeah. So, well, very cool. Um, you guys got anything else you want to talk about, or uh, Dan, you want to plug your social media or anything like that? Or uh, yeah, you can uh, check out Danny Irvin Fishing for all the latest uh, techniques and uh, pictures of me catching fish. Um, come oh. see us at the fishing show. I'll be uh, giving seminars each day. Okay. Um, Yeah. Check out uh, Fishing Complete Inc. for all your needs. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll link your your Facebook pages and stuff on uh, on the bio of this, and we'll post it on our social media and stuff too. So, Dennis, Greg, you guys got anything? Well, we made a trip down to Port Clinton. Was that? Yeah. Yesterday, Port Clinton to a fishing store there. Yeah, that's what Tom was saying. Oh. Unbelievable! Yeah, it was like it was a half of Walmart's at one time, and it's all just fishing in boats. Really? Oh, aisles and aisles and aisles. Any every kind of uh, bait you want, just about. Sounds like my kind of my kind of place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they had the big name boats, Skeeter. Uh, what's that one? Exodus or something there? Exodus. Hmm. Exodus. Exodus. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they had a beautiful store, a great store. And hopefully our line is going to be in there pretty soon. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Greg, anything else? No, I can't. I can't top the last story I told. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll save them for next time. <laughs> yeah. Tom, how about you over in the corner? You know, we're just looking forward to the show, and we hope everybody comes out and greets us and. Uh, 
Absolutely. Spend some money. Come see us. Absolutely. Come yeah. come check them out. We'll be uh, 29, booth 2902, 2903, yep. whatever it is. We have a Real fun season. booth. We love to have a good time there yep. and love to work with kids and teach them and show them different things, techniques, and Very and cool. anybody, you know. So. Well, I know we're all excited to be there. We're excited to work the, bo- work the booth with you. We'll be there the whole time. So Dan and I will be there the whole time, at least. Yeah. The other It'll be fun having you guys there. So. Yeah. We're excited. We're mm-hmm. uh, we're thrilled. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for having a uh, having us be a part of this this podcast. It's been fun. Um, and to the listeners, make sure you check out Dan's page. Check out Fishing Complete Inc. Again, I'll link everything in the bio uh, to this podcast. We'll post some stuff on social media. Um, and other than that, get outdoors and don't be terrible. <laughs>